Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time for another episode of the Bunker Boys. Uh, we have a lot to talk to, including a brand new world number one in the world golf rankings. Um, big shakeup over the weekend with Scotty Scheffler now on top of the world, quite literally in the rankings, uh, passing John Rahm, uh, which I was kind of surprised. Like I like I know Scheffler has been on his hot streak, uh, but Rahm he made it into the round of sixty four. Uh, I think he won his, his first match. I know he lost the second one to... Or he, no, he lost the first one, I guess, uh, to Kepka. Um, so I was a little... I know... What was I think it was the Genesis Invitational that Morikawa had a chance uh, to pass Rom, um, but didn't. And so, I mean, either way, great for Scheffler. Great moment seeing him hug his father uh, and the little message he gave him after the tournament. Um... Go over the top finishers here really quick. Uh, of course, Scotty Scheffler won four and three over Kevin Kinzer, uh, who was looked just about unbeatable all weekend. Um, going into Sunday, I think everybody thought he was going to walk out of there with another tournament win. He had won here two years ago. Uh, he lost in the finals last year. Uh, Corey Connors took third with a win uh, via three and one over fourth place finisher Dustin Johnson. Uh, once Johnson missed that putt um, to send it to a playoff on 18. <laughs> um, you could just tell he was he was done. He was over this tournament. Um, and Connors picks up a big third place there. Um, slide real quick before we get into going over everything. What, what were your thoughts on the tournament? Um, yeah, I think that match play has easily become my favorite form of golf play. It is ridiculous how how intriguing this weekend was compared to the previous four or five weeks that we covered. Um, it, it's funny just because it's each player is going against one another. I mean, I don't know if you saw Kisner played Thomas. Uh, like we had said, he's he just Kisner was unfazed. He was un, unbeatable for most of the weekend. And at one point, Justin Thomas, I think they were on the 12th hole, and Justin Thomas had not scored over par yet. He just couldn't out outplay Kisner who was getting birdies or an eagle every single every single time uh as they were walking from like the seventh to the eighth uh Justin Thomas had pulled Kisner's putter out of his out of his caddy's um hands to try and keep a hold of that keep Kisner from putting the rest of the round yeah um I I had never really watched match play before this I know it was in the Ryder Cup last year I didn't get a chance to watch that though um I yeah, like you said, I really enjoyed the format. It was it was so cool. You got to see so many great matchups, um, and it was so interesting to see that you know it's it's not who can shoot the lowest round. It's who can win you know the most holes, um, making it way more competitive uh, as you go from hole to hole. Um, it was really cool, and you know some of these matchups were were really great. Um, so, so let's get into the uh, the round of sixty four. Who won their their groups um moved into the bracket and so on um yeah so aside from the beautiful views which we talked about on uh last tuesday monday or tuesday um this this golf course was it was it was something else um uh but it delivered in a big texas way this weekend uh wednesday through friday fans uh or excuse me wednesday through friday was where we saw everyone uh, trying to get the best match record in their group of four to advance to the Saturday morning 
Uh, let's see who won those groups. So we had Adam Scott, uh, best in Keegan Bradley, uh, Jordan Spieth, and Adam Rose. Um, Kevin Kinzer, uh, again, like you said, had a hot weekend, um, beating Leishman, Luke List, and Justin Thomas. That Justin Thomas, like you said, was so ridiculous to watch. Um, I think Thomas ended up shooting like a 64 on the day, and he still loses, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> insane um and that's who i had picked I, I filled out my bracket last week we shared it on twitter that's who i picked to win everything i thought um but just couldn't get past kinzer there uh kevin na uh which i did pick to win his group uh best bested russell henley mcneely and joaquin neiman will zalatoris uh another guy I, I really enjoy watching um he was stuck in a group with victor hovland i just thought hovland had been too hot lately um but Zalatoris here is starting to find his groove the same as he did last year, um, which led to him getting second place at the Masters. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, continues the rest of you know the next two weeks and, and the rest of the year. Um, but he bests Hovland, Straka, and Tring- Tringal. Uh, Corey Connors uh, bested Paul Casey, Norin, and Louis Ossizen. Um it, it was weird, like you see these guys, they're... I know a couple of the, the top 64 uh, players sat out, so we had other guys filling it, but it was the way some of these groups got paired up, it was it was really cool to see. Yeah, like like you said, the pairings were very good from Wednesday morning. Uh, Takumi Kanama bested Finau, Herbert, and uh, Xander Shoffley. He had a great run. I had Shoffley win in that bracket, but... Yeah, I did too. Just couldn't get it done. I mean, he was the only one to beat. Takumi, so he just didn't have a good round again or a good matchup against Fino and, and Herbert. Uh Abram answer, best or answer, bested Harmon, Simpson, and Bob Watson. Colin Morkawa. Bested Sergio Garcia, Cochra, and McIntyre. Billy Horschel, last year's winner. Bested uh Hoji, Lee, and Dieters. And then we had who we had already said our champion, Scotty Scheffler. He bested Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, and Ian Poulter. Yeah, that was that was a really interesting grouping to watch. Um, because obviously, like you said, Scotty Scheffler's been playing so well. Tommy Fleetwood, um, is another really fun golfer to watch. Uh, so that was a, that was a great pairing to see there. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, uh, bested Daniel Berger. Good, fuck him. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> cry baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, Berger, you. you Dude, you need to stop crying so much about where you think a ball went out of bounds at. Um, he complained to, about Hatton's one ball. Remember? Yeah, I yeah. texted you about that. Yeah, so I, I don't. Know. I'm just, I'm just over it at this point. Um, <laughs> ben Zahoot and uh, Kim were all in that group as well. Seamus Power was probably the surprise name to come out of the group of 64. Uh, he bested Patrick Cantlay, Sung J M, and Mitchell. Uh, Richard Bland. Bested Bryson DeChambeau, who made his first return since the Farmers, um, and you could tell he was he was just rusty. Um, had a couple great shots, but you know there were still you know times where um, just wasn't up to form yet. I really thought Taylor Gooch was gonna be the one coming out of this. I I had I think I had Gooch versus Justin Thomas in the finals, um, so I was a little surprised there. Uh, and Lee Westwood was also in that group. Uh, Dustin Johnson bested Max Homa. Uh, Hughes and Wolf, 
I had Homa winning that one, uh, but Dustin Johnson came to play. I think it was all the people on their boats partying nearby that just had him in the groove. <laughs> uh, we had Brooks Kepka beating uh, Lowry, Van Royen, and Harold Varner the third. Uh, I did have Brooks winning that group. Um, hey, hey, I got one right. Um, yeah, he, he won all three of his matches. Uh, he just came to play. Um, and we had John Rahm uh, bested Munoz, Reed, and Young, um, the number one ranked golfer. Uh, I, it, this tournament's a lot different. Like, if he wouldn't have made it out of this group one, it, it would have still been shocking, but it's not like watching a 16 seed upset a, a, a first seed. But. Yeah, I, I think um, you had mentioned earlier about Scotty Scheffler passing John Rahm in the, the world rankings, and I mean, it just we haven't really seen the the wow factor from Rom the past month or so, and so it it seems with Scheffler being able to get three of the last five that really really conceivable to see that he uh, that he passed him. Yeah, um, it Rom is I I don't know I don't know what's going on there if it if it's psychological or if maybe he's injured or something. It just uh the all year, at least so far in, in 2022, it just looks like he is struggling on another level. Uh, I mean, by no means is he playing like somebody who doesn't deserve to be in like the top 10 rankings or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, um, you can He's definitely hang on to that ranking. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, with you have Seamus, or excuse me, not Seamus, um, you have Scotty Sheffield playing as well as he is. I mean, it was, he was bound to get caught eventually just the way he's playing. Um, I guess I just, uh, is it something mental? Is there something physical holding it back right now? Um, it's kind of interesting to, to ponder that and, and see if he can turn it around here, and we'll, we'll see, coming in, especially yeah. into the majors here. Saturday morning showed us the real match play for performers. Um, the round of 16 and the quarterfinals were played on Saturday, and it left a great group of four going into Sunday. Who, uh, who did you like the best on Saturday? Um, Dustin Johnson looked really well, uh, you know, won both, both of his matches. Um, I had Brooks, uh, the way he started his first match upsetting John Rahm, um, I really thought he would be the, the, the guy to prevail. Um, but I mean, over, I mean, and like we said, Kevin Kinsler just kept his hot streak going. Um, but let's talk about the matchups here real quick. Uh, like we said, uh, Kepka beat John Rahm. Uh, and Dustin Johnson would up or take out Richard Bland and Brooks Kepka to advance to the final four. Um, Scotty Scheffler took out Billy Horschel and Seamus Power. Again, Seamus Power, a great weekend of golf for him, uh, making it to what is it, the, the final 16 or final eight there. Um, yep. Out of nowhere, really. Um, so it's great to see him able to do that. Uh, and those yeah, are your he... first two top four. Yeah, like like you said, Dustin Johnson really uh really showed he had what it took. I mean, I think it was three weeks ago we had said about how the announcers were basically telling Dustin Johnson's uh pilot to uh warm up the plane because he was getting <laughs> ready on Thursday <laughs> on Friday, like and uh this weekend he had a really solid showing. Um Corey Connors bested Takumi Kanaya and Abraham Answer Answer um in this for the semifinals matchup against Kevin Kisner. Kisner, like we had said, was 
just on a tear all weekend. He uh, he beat Adam Scott in the round of 16 and then went on to beat Will Zaltoris in the uh, round of 8 to put himself into the finals against Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, um, like I said, it was rooting for... I was Once Kepka was out, I was like, right, I'm rooting for Zaltoris, and then he lost in the same round. Um, I'm just jinxing people all weekend, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, the... the all 16 guys I made to this part had played really solid all weekend. Um, Scheffler has played well the past few months. Dustin Johnson, yeah, like we said, has really struggled coming into this tournament. Um, uh, I forget what tournament. It might have been the last one they played in Florida. Uh, the Valspar, where he started to look like he was finding his form again, uh, and they came out, came out here just firing. And that, uh, granted, it's a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's match play. It's a lot different than stroke play and I, I get that um but hey we have one more tournament here before the masters um some guys are going to be sitting it out relaxing but it'll be interesting to see who does play who doesn't um and how much of a glimpse that gives us coming into you know the major season here uh moving on to sunday um in the morning we had scheffler uh handle dj pretty well um dj they keep it close but uh, Shuffler's able to pull it out. DJ lipped that put. I still, I watched that replay. I don't know how that didn't fall. Um, and I saw somebody tweet afterwards, like, imagine being the guy that has to go up to Dustin Johnson right now and tell him he has to play another 18 holes. <laughs> um, so just r- rough finish there. And we also had Kevin Kinzer, uh, who was tied with Corey Connors going into the 17th hole. Uh, and he would go on to win the final two and put himself into the finals. That was probably the the, the first... Not that you know, obviously he still won the match, and not that it was like a chip in the armor, but maybe that was that was the first little sign there that you know he wasn't able to to keep this run going all day. Yeah, agreed. I I think that looking back at the time, I didn't I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, he still beat him, you know. But yeah. uh, you're right. It, it does seem like that was the showing as to where like he just was. It was a long week of play. Um. This after that, after those two matches there in the morning, um, the afternoon is where Georgie would say Kisner's luck ran out. He looked unstoppable since Wednesday, but he uh, he went up against the Brickhouse in Scheffler. Scheffler did not give up a hole to Kisner in the fifteen holes that they played. Scotty went on to uh, beat Kisner four and three, and uh, was just absolutely dominant. He. Uh, He's on a tear of three wins in his five starts previously, and so it's just it's great for him to see that that's paying off with the new world rankings and and just a ton of money that he's brought in in the last five weeks. Yeah, um, playing some of the best golf uh, that uh, you know he has ever played. This is somebody who was basically the last guy selected to be on the, the Ryder Cup team last year, and ever since that moment, he's just been on a tear. Um, so yeah, it was great to see him, you know, get that acknowledgement, get put up to number one in the world rankings. Um, it should make for a great summer, especially with all the major tournaments. Uh, I'm really excited to watch, especially if, you know, Rom can hunker down now. Um, if Morikawa can make a run, or if maybe there's somebody, you know, surprising waiting back there uh, that, that can make a charge. Not just at the ranking, but, you know, at, at being one of the top players in the world over the summer and, you know, heading into the FedEx Cup at the beginning of next fall. Speaking of the FedEx Cup, uh, let's go over your top 10 real quick. 
uh, in tenth. You have Max Homa still. Uh, no, no changes in in order this week. Um, just a few points added here and there. Uh, Max Homa still in tenth with 822 points. Joaquin Neiman uh, in ninth with 849. Sung J M in eighth with 960. Victor Hovland in seventh with 1,074. Taylor Gooch uh, in sixth place with 1,140. Tom Hodge in fifth with 1,168. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama in fourth. Uh, he did not play again this weekend. Um, it'd be interesting to see if you know if his back is feeling better by the Masters or not. Um, 1,321 points. In third, we have Cameron Smith, uh, who's still just taking time. I believe he's coming back this week, uh, but you know he just wants to spend time with his family, which is very understandable. Uh, with 1,354 points, Sam Burns in second with 1,390. And Scotty Scheffler extends his lead. Uh, he now has first person to hit 2,000 points, um, 2,170 points. He's damn near pushing, you know, a, a 2,000 point lead here, or excuse me, a 1,000 point lead here. Um, so, so, so somebody's got to do something here and see if they can close the gap. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, who, uh, do you see anyone outside of the top five that that you think has a chance at at realistically? beating any of the top five guys right now when it comes to the FedEx Cup again. Outside of the top five, uh, yeah. Hovland um, and Homa, I think, are the two biggest names that could you know leapfrog up there. Um, and then, I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> anything can happen here, especially if Hideki Matsuyama doesn't come back for a while yet, uh, depending on what's going on with his back there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, if I had to pick my first two bets to jump up into the top five that aren't in there, it would be Hovland or Homa. Um, I mean, also you have Taylor Gooch right there. He's only 28 points back um, from Tom Hodge. Um, so yeah, those are my my two, three, I guess, technically. Who, who do you have? Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, obviously it's recency biasy, but uh, Burns and Scheffler have just made it really difficult for for anyone and I mean with Cameron Smith's win they've, they've made it really difficult for people to to kind of try and have a chance without winning multiple weekends you know I think that um Gooch and Hovland would be my two just because I mean they're the closest in points but should be interesting yeah absolutely uh so that wraps up your FedEx Cup top 10 uh, Slade, why don't you set us up for the last tournament before the Masters? Yeah, so this weekend we're staying in Texas. We're going to go to the Valero Texas Open. The, defend- the defending champ is Jordan Spieth from last year, and uh, it's a great course, so let's get some layout. Yeah, uh, this is the TPC San Antonio course. Uh, PGA is back to give us a goddamn book to read. Um <laughs> So hole one, we have a par four sitting at 452 yards. Uh, this is a strong starting hole, playing slightly downhill into the prevailing wind. An accurate tee shot is required to help the round get started on the right note. Aim the drive down the left side of the fairway to give you a better angle into the green. A good drive will leave a long to medium iron for your second shot into the well-guarded green. If you miss on an approach, missing right is the best shot into one of the many collection areas found on the course. 
left its trouble for all as a large and cavernous bunker awaits. The front bunker is not nearly as treacherous. The green is moderately undulating, uh, and but still put with caution. A par is great start to your round. Hole number two is a par five at 595 yards. This is your introduction to the par fives on the AT&T Oaks course. Just as you found on the first hole, the second is slightly downhill and into the prevailing wind. The bunkers are seemingly in the middle of the fairway, but don't be afraid. Go ahead and use your driver. The bunker is only in play for the longest of hitters. There is a three-shot, or sorry, this is a three-shot hole, so accuracy is a premium on your second shot. Use your longest, straightest club with precision to ensure your third stroke will be played from the fairway. The third shot calls for a short iron played into a well-guarded double green. A word caution, there is an 8,000 square foot bunker hiding behind the green which awaits any slightly thin approaches. Pars on this first two holes will find you ahead of the game. Hole 3 is a par 3 sitting at 174 yards. Welcome to the first par 3 on the AT&T Oaks course. This beauty is one of only two holes on the course which require a carry over water. This hole is not for the faint of heart. A confident swing is required with a medium or long iron to carry the water and reach the green. The only miss for the player on this hole is long. It is a must for a player to land their tee shot on the approach level of the green. Players who find themselves on the opposite side of the pin will have to summon their best touch to avoid a three putt. Once again, par is a good score here. Hole 4 is a par 4 at 472 yards. The fourth on the AT&T Oaks course is possibly the most difficult par 4 on the front nine. This hole was the first hole to be grassed during construction and has a stately and majestic feel about it. The tee shot requires power and precision as the fairway is one of the narrowest on the course. A well-struck tee shot leaves the player with a long iron or fairway wood second shot to a beautiful but devilish green. This green site is one of the most picturesque on the course with old gnarly oak trees around it and along with artistic bunker bunkers featuring a rock outcropping along the back edge. This green has significant movement in it and two putts for the player will be considered a success. Par on this hole is like a birdie. Lots of pars here that they want us to make. I mean, yeah. us, the frickin' pros. I ain't making a par here. Plus eight. <laughs> Hole five is a par four at 386 yards. Time to take a break. After the demanding first four holes, we turn to the shortest par four on the AT&T Oaks course, playing downhill and downwind. This short hole provides a myriad of options for all players. Let the big dog eat and try to take a drive to the green or safely play a fairway with the iron. The short second shot must be played from the fairway in order to hold the subtle but challenging green. While the green looks flat, don't be fooled. It slopes from front to back, allowing only crisply struck shots to stop quickly. A good chance for birdie for all players. I like that. Let a big dog eat. Hole 6 is par 4 at 407 yards. As players walk up to the 6th tee, they are presented with one of the more beautiful tee shots on the Oaks course. With signature oak trees framing both sides, from the back tee, the player must carry over almost 200 yards of native area to find the fairway. The best tee shot will finish on the right side of the fairway, leaving the player with the optimal angle into the difficult green. The green setting is spectacular with majestic oaks as well as 
the JW Marriott serving as a backdrop. This second shot is played into a green which is well protected on the left side with a large bunker and rolls off to the right. Be cautious for back hole locations because going long leads to an almost certain bogey. Hole 7, uh, another par 3 at 211 yards. The second par 3 on the course plays slightly uphill with the wind coming from the right. The 7th green is a larger portion of the double green that players encounter while playing the second hole. The monstrous 8,000 square foot bunker which was hidden from players on the second hole is clearly evident from the tee. A high tee shot with a soft landing is called for in order to hold this long, narrow green. Par is always a good score, but especially here. Hole 8 is a par 5 at 599 yards. The second par 5 on the front 9 is the exact opposite of its neighboring par 5, hole number 2. The hole plays uphill and downwind, sorry, stretching more than 600 yards in length from the back tees. Try to avoid the left side of the tee and the beautiful specimen oak that was transplanted to this hole from the 14th. A good tee shot will find the player at the crest of the hill. A second shot can be anything from a mid-iron to a fairway wood, depending on your preferred approach shot. It is vital that the player's second shot ends up in the fairway, allowing for a controlled approach to this split level, heavily contoured and well-protected green. Finding the right level on the green is important to ensure you don't spend too much time putting around. Hole 9 is a par 4 sitting at 479 yards. This is the only hole on the 18T Oaks course without a bunker. This straightaway par 4 requires both accuracy and brawn off the tee. The key to this hole is finding the green with your second shot while the player faces no bunkers guarding the green. The green is long, narrow, and protected by sharp falloffs on all sides. This is one of the deepest greens on the course, so, selecting, so select the club for your approach carefully. Once you find the green, your job is finished. While seemingly flat, the green has a distinct back-to-front slope. If your putt is aimed towards downtown San Antonio, it is a fast one. Hole 10 is a par 4 at 452 yards. The back 9 begins with a beautiful downhill par 4. The tee shot must find the fairway, preferably down the left side. A well-struck tee shot leaves a player with 140 to 160 yards into the elevated green it is well protected by deep bunkers on all sides. Since this hole typically plays into the wind, a player's second shot must be solidly struck to find the safety of the putting surface. Players must avoid a short right miss, which will leave a difficult pitch. Make a par on this one and you're ahead of the game. Hole 11 is a par 4, sitting at 401 yards. The 11th is one of the most striking holes on the 18T Oaks course. Players face a decision off a tee, to challenge the cross bunker which requires a 220 yard carry from the back tee or play safety laying up short of the bunker. This hole rewards heroism because of the great tee shot leaves only a short pitch to the green. A short drive on the right side means carrying a deep green sided bunker on the approach. Once on the green the player's work is not done. The green features some interesting pitch and rolls to catch your attention. The player may be rewarded with a birdie for playing aggressively. Hole number 12 is a par 4 at 422 yards. The 12th is short but dangerous. The player may choose any club off the tee. The key is being straight and in the fairway. Playing from the rough will almost assure a player a bogey. The second shot will only be a short iron but is played uphill and downwind to an elevated green protected by a set of enormous twin bunkers, which are the deepest on the course. 
Believe it or not, the best miss on this hole is long, leaving the player a simple chip back. Miss it short, right, or left, and you'll be busy. It is fairly short, but four is a great score. Hole 13, a par 3 at 191 yards. The first par 3 on the back nine is also the longest on the course. From the tee, you can see downtown San Antonio, and the best play is aim right at the hemisphere tower with a right-to-left shot to find the center of the green. This green is one of the largest on the course, and if you find it with your tee shot, you'll be rewarded with the opportunity of a makeable putt. Hole 14 is a par 5 at 576 yards. It's the shortest par 5 on the course, which gives you a chance for a birdie or better. The fairway is relatively wide compared to others on the course, and stronger players have a chance to reach the green in two. A simple layup leaves players with a short pitch to the green. Make sure you favor the left side. On your layup, since finding the bunker on the right will lead to an almost certain bogey. The player who navigates the first two shots properly has a great opportunity for a birdie here. Hole 15 is a par 4 sitting at 474 yards. The 15th hole begins the fantastic finish on the course. Avoid the fairway bunker on the right off the tee and you should, be, and you should have a mid to short iron into the green. The smallest green is protected by some of the most artistically designed bunkers on the course. The cross bunker some 40 yards short of the green makes the green appear closer than it actually is. If you can find the green in two, your putt should be near the hole. Make par here and you have to take in your first step, first step towards a fantastic finish. Hole 16 is a par 3 at 180 yards. The short 16th features a creative green to find by beautiful bunkers on both sides, and a unique feature of a bunker in the center, which divides the green into three smaller targets. An assortment of teeing areas offers the player not only different yardages, but different angles onto the green. Put it on the right spot of the green, and the, a birdie or par is almost a certainty. But on the wrong side of the bunker, and anything goes. Hole 17 is a par 4 at 366 yards. Birdie time. The 17th hole is a risk-reward opportunity for players. Aggressive players may have the opportunity to try and drive the green. The fairway is the widest and most generous on the golf course. For the players that have the best approach into the green, he must find the upper portion of the fairway, which is protected by a beautifully and dramatic bunker. Excuse me, by a beautiful and dramatic bunker. Although the player can find room down the left side of the fairway, it leaves a much more difficult approach into the green. The main protections for this hole are the massive bunkers and a green with significant movement. Birdies should be plentiful. The last hole, hole 18, is a par 5 at 608 yards. A fantastic finishing hole. The 18th is long and it's an uphill par 5. The tee shot should be shaped left to right in order to remain in a fairway sloping from right to left. After the tee shot, players should play up the right side, being cautious to avoid the creek, which bisects the fairway and the spectacular bunkers on the right. Third shot will be played with a short iron uphill to a green which is split into three levels and is well protected by a hill country creek and three bunkers. Players may have visions of making a final birdie to win the tournament on this one. Yeah, uh, extremely challenging course. I am not envying the players this weekend at all. Um, Slate, just give me your guess. Who do you think is going to win? Um, one second. Let me look at the standard here. Um, I mean, 
I, I got to think that Justin Thomas is going to get a win here at some point. I mean, he's just been playing really great golf, but I mean, it's Texas, Jordan Spaeth. I mean, I, I think it's one of those, yeah, I think it's one of those guys, Jordan Spaeth, Justin Thomas. What about you? Um, I, I'm going to go with like a random person here. I, I feel like okay. th- this is the tournament, like somebody, like, not that, you know, obviously if you're in the PJ Tour, you're, you're good. Um, so let's see here. We're just going to pick a random name. Someone with a with a a high like a plus twenty five hundred or something like that, you know. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, because like I don't know, I just feel like with these like really challenging courses that are outside mm-hmm. of, like the, the the majors and stuff, um, it always seems to be like a, a like a random name just like pops their way in there. Um, and I don't know what Luke List is, but I'm gonna go with Luke List. Um, <laughs> always seems to play really good golf. Uh, he's struggled here a little bit lately, um, but I, I'm going to give it to him. I think I think Luke List wins this at a, a ten under. Ooh, you're yeah, going to score and everything. Oh uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm, you know, I'm going to put the bet in as soon as we're off of this. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> uh, but see, anyway. I like I like my pick better because I could just do like top twenty for both of mine and hope that it hits. Yeah, I mean. Screw it. Um, anyway, I like it. You went out there. Yeah. Um, as always, the the course layout is presented to you by the PGA Tour app. Um, moving on. As always, the term of the week, um, for you guys this week is a handicap. Um, a golf handicap is a numerical measure on a player's potential that is used to enable players of varying ability to be able to compete against each other. The lower the handicap, the better the player. Um. To show you how bad I am, I believe I'm a plus twenty six. Um, I my my app says I'm a plus twenty, but I played nine holes and it counted that for some reason. Um, so, so it's like on. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, talk talking about that. Uh, so there's always been talk. Uh, that they should put, like in all sports, they need to put a regular out there and see how they compare against. Like just so everyone watching can see how it's going. You know, without slowing the pace of of play down for everyone else. What do you think a reasonable handicap would be to put like someone out there that is not a professional with the rest of them and see how how they I would fare? I would say like a plus fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Like if you want to get wild, I would say a plus like a twenty a twenty handicap. Um, yeah. but I I think like an average golfer that is, I would say anywhere between fifteen and twenty. I would that's what I would pick and put out there. What were you gonna say about it? It, it just counts the nine without, without you well, being able to take it out. So, yeah. So I, I, like I, I played the nine holes, and obviously I was only plus. I don't know. I guess I would have been like plus sixteen or something. Whereas normally, like I'm plus thirty, plus damn near forty, um, <laughs> when I play a full eighteen, because I, 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 when I'm not cheating, I have yet to break a hundred. And so, yeah, I mean, a hundred's a heart. Yeah, I haven't and I, yeah. I know plus a hundred is normally right around like plus twenty eight or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I played nine holes, and so I only finished like half of that over. And do you think a hundred is a reasonable thing for you to try and break this year? I think so. That's, I mean, that's yeah. my goal. I mean, 
we're gonna get rolling here with get vlogs. out there, Darnell. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get rolling here with vlogs. Um, I'm trying to film one this weekend. I know I tried to film one a couple weeks ago, but um, <laughs> Hannah's into it. She said she's gonna go out with me. Uh, so we're going out with some friends, and she's gonna film. Uh, so we'll have that, and that that'll be my first series or our first series, um, because it's our channel. Um, with me trying to break a hundred, yeah. And then obviously we're gonna have all these different times, like when you and I can get together, when you go out, when Nick goes out, all of that stuff. Um, is the YouTube set up? Is it under Jack Wagon Sports Podcast? How how no, can you watch uh, it eventually? Yeah, it will be. It will be Jack Wagon Sports uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that'll be set up once we we have the first video ready. Um, once we have that set up, we'll we'll have all that information. It'll go out on our Twitter, our Instagram, and all that. And of course, we'll share it here on all the podcast. Um, so I'm gonna get my ass out there this week. I'm gonna play golf, uh, and we're we're gonna make this first vlog. Um, playing yeah. 18 holes. So I mean, I've watched some other people. I've watched a couple other you know YouTube channels and stuff, trying to figure out like what the best way to do it would be. Um. Mm -hmm. So I think my goal is I'm going to play 18 and then I'll try and have like the first nine holes published on Wednesday and then wait a week and then publish this like the part two or whatever. Smart. Um, just because like I know like it's going to be really hard to fit 18 in. I'll see if I can do nine. I mean, if that starts getting up there towards like 40 minutes, um, maybe we'll just do. Yeah, Definitely going to take a lot of editing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it works out, see how many holes we can get published at a time and we'll go from there. Yeah, so the, the player profile for this week, I believe Sam picked it, right? Uh, ben Hogan. He's born in 1912 in Dublin, Texas. Hogan began caddying and playing at the age of 12. He turned pro at 17, although he had a horrible hook. He joined the tour at 19. His first stint didn't work, and he would try again two, two years later and fail yet again. He tried again in 1937 and would eventually find his groove becoming the top money winner from 1940 to 1942. He would serve in the Army in World War II, returning and winning his first PGA title in 1946. And another plus at, or sorry, another at the U.S. Open in 48. In February 49, Hogan was in a serious car accident. Many doctors believed he would never recover to walk again, let alone play golf. He walked out of the hospital. 59 days later, 16 months later, he won the U.S. Open and again the following year after shooting a 32 on the back nine to win by two strokes. In 51, he won his first Masters, and in 53, he won the tournament again along with the British Open, completing the career Grand Slam. In that same year, he started his own golf equipment company, and he'd retire in 56 with nine majors, currently fourth all-time and published a book called Five Lessons, The Modern Fundamentals of Golf that has sold over 10 million copies and is still a top seller today. Hogan died in 97 at 84 years old in Fort Worth, Texas. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely one of like, the first icons of golf. Um, if you ever get the chance to buy his clubs, uh, they're definitely on the pricier side, but I mean, they're, they're pricey for a reason. They're top of the line. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I was reading the bio as I'm writing it up and stuff and <laughs> just, uh, crazy. The things he went through in life, you know, he originally, so he's, le he was left-handed and he started playing golf left-handed, but he realized he was better with his playing right. Uh, so he switched, I think he was like, 
14 or 15 years old when he switched, and then instead of slicing, he was hooking the ball, which eventually got better over time. Obviously, if you go in the wind, not nine majors, you're you're pretty good. Maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> hand. Maybe I should maybe I should switch to left. I don't know. Yeah, we can test that out in April. <laughs> yeah, we'll make that one of our YouTube videos. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll give each other our clubs and see how we do. Um, but yeah, that will do our our episode for this week. Uh, that'll wrap it up. The last tournament before the Masters. Um, so speaking of Sam. Uh, he said he's one to get involved here a little bit, uh, so we're going to try and get him on next week uh, to get us ready for the Masters. Um, and if not next week, maybe after uh, to give us a, help us out with a recap there. Um, yeah. So it's coming down the grunge. I am so excited for the Thursday and Friday uh, and having 7-7 seven to seven coverage at the Masters. Um, really look forward to that. I mean, obviously it's one of the best tournaments in golf and of the year. Uh, watching the the guys play around Amen Corner is is always super fun to watch how challenging it is for them. Um, but I think this weekend is going to be it's a great warm up for the Masters. It's a super challenging course down there in Texas. Um, it ended up being very hot down there this weekend, so that's something to keep your eye on. Um, but as always, uh, go follow our Instagram or excuse our well, all of our socials: Instagram, Twitter. Um, started live tweeting some of the golf stuff uh now and then talk yeah tiktok i'm finally getting on top of that and making videos um, <laughs> so yeah go follow all of that uh make sure you check out the other uh shows and the other or excuse me the other the uh, <laughs> the damn merch store go check it out um Bunker check Boys out the stuff. damn merch store yeah uh bunker boy stuff is up there we're working on trying to make like custom golf towels and get some other things that we can't do on the merch store we currently have and just figure out how to add them somewhere else. Um, a lot of logistical stuff that I'm not good at, but my fiance Hannah is great at. Um, so our marketing director over there is going to get on. The powerhouse. Yeah. Um, so you got anything else you want to add before I just keep rambling? No, no. Like you said, I am excited to talk about the Valero next week and we'll be able to kind of, touch on how the process of the first nine holes from the vlog is going then also since you said it would probably be like Wednesday or something later in the week when it comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my goal. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we made the tea time, so we're going out Sunday. Um, yeah. But we'll get it figured out. We'll get it out there. We'll, we'll talk about um, how I compare to the pros uh, this weekend. <laughs> and uh, like I said, get you guys ready for the Masters. Uh, it's finally here. It's, it's, it's exciting. So we're, ready. we're just going to break 100 this weekend. If I break a hundred, I'm throwing a goddamn party. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm flying my ass down to San Antonio. I'm just gonna disrupt the last like three holes by the time I get there and just tell everybody how great I was. Um, You're gonna make sure Luke List wins, huh? Yeah, I am. He might even be eliminated. He might have been sent Luke home. Luke List, make the cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of fun stuff coming to you guys next week. Um, really excited and to keep growing this thing that we started uh but other than that that's all we got uh so we will see you next monday uh, on bonker boys um but like i said don't forget go check out the other shows especially if you're trying to get into hockey um you know if you're trying to get into racing all the all that fun stuff uh go check out those shows um, we appreciate the support and we will see you guys in the next episode